everybody, and welcome back to another new episode of Live from Pawnee. I'm Alan, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Mark. Mark, how are you on this terrific uh, springish day? It is a springish day. Well, hey there, Sir Alan of the Roundtable. I am doing good. Uh, I'm footloose and fancy free, as the kids say. Uh, and I'm, I, I don't know if they say that, but... They do not say that. I, either way, I, I'm ready to get back to our normal routine of reviewing episodes. I'm kind of pumped. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, I think what you're referring to partially is that over the last few weeks, we've done a couple different things. We had uh, we had an interview with Michael Trum, which we aired a portion of during our Operation and episode a couple weeks back. That's right. And then... Most most recently, last week, we released our spotlight episode with that full interview with Michael Trump. That's right. Which was a great interview. I mean, I oh, really yeah. enjoyed doing it. Me but, too. But I'm like you. I'm, I'm glad to kind of be back to uh, reviewing a normal episode. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. If we'll call this one a normal episode. And uh, let's sure. Sure. Why not? We'll get to that. Yup. We'll get to that. Yup. Yup. We will do. Well, speaking of which, this week we're covering episode 15 from season four, Dave Returns. Mm-hmm. This episode had a runtime of 21 minutes and 31 seconds. Standard episode, no producer's cut or anything fun like that. Uh, You know, and I did, I want to correct something I said last week. I had accidentally said that Operation Ann was recorded on February 12th. Mm. That was incorrect of 2012. It was February 2nd of 2012. Oh, I see. This episode aired two weeks later on February 16th, 2012. Oh, so there you go. Okay. Fair so enough. They went two weeks between episodes, and so did we. That's really weird. Well, well it's almost like we planned that. Life imitates art. It, it does. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mark, I should also mention that this episode was directed by Robert B. Whitey and was written by Harris Whittles. Awesome. Yeah. So, so, so Bob, as he goes by, uh-huh. uh, we've actually been chatting with Bob. I think we're actually going to get a chance to talk to him, him very shortly here. Yeah. And uh, we'll play a portion of that in the end of this episode. We know Bob from this episode. He, was, he did one episode of Parks and Rec. He was kind of a one and done. So we'll have to ask him about that. And then uh, he's mostly known for Curb Your Enthusiasm, uh, a show called Mr. Sloan, and then some uh, PBS American Masters back in the day. Oh, fun. Yeah. So some really good stuff there. And Harris, of course, was a longtime producer writer on the show. This was his sixth of 11 episodes he ultimately got the writing credit for. Wow. Funny guy. Yeah, funny guy. So, well, Mark, why don't you get us into our synopsises and we can tell uh, everyone what this one was about. Oh, uh, I thought you'd never ask. I'm I'm raring to go. Here's where the footloose part comes in. Oh, then then fancy freeze later. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Good. Yep. yep. Let gotta, me know when that happens. You so got to piecemeal prepare. it. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to slam me all with the everything. Thank God. You know, there's only so much you can take. All right. <laughs> so I split this sucker into two stories. Correct. Oh, I like to hear that. That that gives me happiness. All right. I I swear, Mark, I was prepared for you to say four. Well, I was prepared for me to say four, too. And then I thought, (laughs) wait, what will happen if I say four? I thought, oh, I know what will happen. It would have been like this. Oh, I hate that sound. Yeah, you don't want to hear that sound. That's no damn good. I bet you put on your WWAD bracelet and said, what would Alan do? Yeah, I, I I said wawad, and then and then I thought, well, <laughs> I've been trying to sell those, and so far, um, well, I won't even buy one. So I've sold zero. You're you're going. You're, you need to advertise them on a different website. That's what it is. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> the A story, Alan. Remember how we had the the Swanson pyramid of greatness? Remember that sure. great thing? And then we had the also the Swanson uh, yin yang of failure oh, and all better. that. So I I the, I the title for my A story is uh, kind of comes from that. I called it the Sanderson Triangle of Awkwardness. It's <laughs> really good. All right. Leslie and Ben visit retiring police chief Trumpel in hopes of winning his endorsement for city council. 
While at the police station, they run into Officer Dave Sanderson, who's visiting from San Diego to attend Trumple's retirement party. Leslie invites Dave to dinner with her and Ben. At dinner, Dave privately tells Leslie, A, he's still in love with her, B, he wants her back, even though Leslie's with Ben now, and C, he may stay in Pawnee permanently to become the new police chief. What will happen? Can Leslie get retiring police chief Trumple's endorsement? What will Ben do when he finds out Dave is in love with Leslie? Will Leslie leave Ben for Dave? Stay tuned to find out dot dot dot. Very nice job. All right. Mark, I, I but just so we can kind of do it in pairing here. Yeah. For my A story, I called that one Bensley and Dave on the road to endorsementville. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> like it's a roadshow picture. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love those. Yeah. I love those. Bob Hope, you know. <laughs> um, so the B story I entitled Every Dwyer Has a Silver Lining. Oh, very nice. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Nice job. Yeah. All right. So this one goes, um, Andy has finished Leslie's campaign theme song, Catch Your Dream, and asks the gang to join him and his band Mouse Rat at Double Time Studio to sing it. Hearing this, Ron realizes it is the same studio where uh, legendary Duke Silver records. Oh. <clears throat> and privately, uh, Ron asks April to hide or destroy any uh, any Duke Silver evidence or <laughs> you know memorabilia that she finds there. Sure. At the studio, Tom acts like he and Anne are a couple, even though Anne regrets their brief date and he is for some reason determined to win her over more on that later um andy meanwhile makes everyone sing catch your dream over and over but mm -hmm. angrily berates them insisting that it's just not good enough <laughs> how will this turn out does tom successfully woo Anne? he doesn't will the gang find out about ron's secret identity as duke silver can Andy record the perfect campaign theme song for Leslie? Stick around. All will be revealed. Dot, dot, dot. Mark, I called my B story. Uh, catch your dreams and keep Tom quiet about his. Oh, my gosh. That's the spirit of yours. I vote for it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh. <laughs> yours was better, but yeah. Nice job. Yeah. Thanks for that. Well, hey, uh, speaking of those A and B stories, what'd you get on your AKAs? And then we'll get into our breakdown. Well, Alan, I will tell you, I have two AKAs, one from the A story and one from the B story, because I know how things go. And uh, from the A story, uh, my quotes from uh, Dave, he had one sentence that just totally threw me because I wasn't expecting it and I had forgotten about it. And it's where he, he's he hasn't yet told Leslie, you know, the thing. And, right. and, and he says he, he wants to get her alone. And so he's like trying to like tactfully ask her to say, like, maybe you will step outside with me. And he says, yeah. uh, you look like I could use some company. <laughs> she just cracks me up. Um, and then from the B story, um, it's uh, where Andy is talking with Burley and they're saying all sorts of weird crap. And then April comes up to him and goes, oh, my God, that's hot nonsense. <laughs> and they start making out. How about you? Um, so for my A story, um, I, I, I did two for each. I, I always do a backup in case you steal mine. Yep. It's the risk of going second. Oh, right? yeah. So I know. So now I got to look at this and pick my favorite of each. Um, well, so for the A story, I had um, <laughs> there's a moment where later Ben realizes what Dave's agenda is. He says, oh, my God, Leslie, he's a cop. He's in love with you and he has a gun. Yeah. Yeah. That's a bad so trifecta. That's a bad one. Yeah. And then. Uh, Ben with uh, Chief Trumple 
just trying to be cool and not not achieving it at all. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sweet sauce in there, eh, Ace? Oh, my God. <laughs> like, come That's on, just Ben. so cringy. Oh, you're killing me. Yep. <laughs> and then on the B story, um, <laughs> it was another April moment, which I really appreciated. She's kind of in the... She's in the mode where she's obviously, you know, shilling for Ron, trying to protect his Duke Silver, uh, you know, identity. Right. A- April's being April and talking about how Andy is running kind of people into the ground a little bit. And she says, right. uh, he's a gorgeous genius, people. Don't question his methods. Do not question his methods. I love that. <laughs> and that's pretty much all I had. Nice. Yeah. Well so done. why don't we get into the breakdown on this guy? All right. Let's kick us off with the cold open. Oh, do I ever. All right. The cold open uh, clocks in at about 75 seconds, so maybe mid-size. It is plot relevant, well, to one of the subplots, I guess, anyway. That's true. Um, so we're at City Hall, and we see Anne walking in the hallway when all of a sudden, Tom pizzah, jumps out from nowhere, kind of startles her a little bit, and he proceeds to unleash a barrage of potential cutesy nicknames for Anne, asking her to... Pick her favorite. Yikes. This goes on for a few seconds before Anne finally loses her cool. Hey, Alan, why don't we just play this clip? Let's do that, Mark. Oh, hey, Boo Boo Bear. What did you just call me? Boo Boo Bear. (laughs) It's one of several nicknames I made up for you. And you can choose which one you like best because I want this to be a give and take. Okay, we went out once and nothing happened. There is no this. We have cookie tush. Wow, just right out the gate. <laughs> Winnie the Boo, Lady Press Press, Anne Berry Sauce, Annie Get Your Boo, Tommy's Girl, Annie Benin. Wait! <laughs> All right, let's do this. Wow. What are you doing? Is this not one of those? Might have misread the vibe. Oh my God, dude. You have to be cooler about this. Look, I told Leslie because she's my best friend, but if anybody finds out about this and they start jabbering, it's gonna make it really hard to know if this is actually anything. So just keep it on the DL, okay? I feel like you're embarrassed by me. That is accurate. Nope. Can't at least change my Facebook status to in a relationship? Definitely not. <laughs> it's complicated. <sighs> Whatever. Am I in a relationship? It's complicated. (laughs) We're starting out with a strong dose of Tom already. Yeah. And that may be all I need for the whole episode. So now what? (laughs) (laughs) Now let's just, uh, let's just do some knock, knock jokes for the rest of the episode. (laughs) Oh, well, speaking of the rest of the episode, Mark, from there, we move over to the Pawnee Police Department and following the cold open, you know, we have somewhat of an awkward request for the chief. And uh, because Ben is there, that we make it all the way to fully awkward by the time we're done. <laughs> yeah, he has perfected that craft, let yes. me tell you. Yeah, the scene starts. We see a shot of the door from inside Police Chief Trumple's office. We hear a knock on the door, followed by Leslie and Ben entering. And Leslie talks with Trumple about endorsing her rather than Bobby Newport, while Ben simply Ben simply tries to not be too weird and spazzy on account of he is deathly afraid of cops. Yes. And Trumple tells Leslie he's torn because while he's always liked and admired Leslie, which I think we knew from past episodes, the Newports run the town, and frankly, they've donated a lot of money to the department. And he finally tells Leslie, you know what? Come to my retirement party that night at O'Flinnigan's, and he'll give her an answer then. Oh, 
and the the weirdo can come too. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and you know, a little more context for the weirdo is, you know, at one point after, you know, Ben makes a good argument. Well, yes, of course that the Newports give you lots of money, but you know what he always says, mo money, mo problems. That's what he always says. Sure he does. And I love that Trump comes around and goes, well, I always say, how about mo money, more protective Kevlar vests that save lives? And it's up, so it's up, sometimes I say that too. <laughs> That's a common saying. It's a common saying. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it happens all the time. <laughs> well, speaking of Chief Trumple, uh, we should now mention too, that in addition to speaking with our director, Robert B. Whitey, we also had a chance to talk to Chief Trumple, a.k.a actor Eric Pierpoint. And uh, we're looking forward to sharing a little bit of that interview at the end of this episode as well. Oh, that's awesome. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, that's pretty good. So we'll get into that a little later. All right. Well, meanwhile, in the bullpen at Parks Department, the rest of the gang is gathered and Andy also has something to say. And apparently he's been taking awkward lessons from Ben. Yeah, he did a pretty good job at that here. So yeah, the gang, in this case, the gang is Jerry, Donna, Ron, and Tom. And they're hanging out in the bullpen. I think it's like coffee break, lunch break, something like that. And and April and Andy come in and they demand everyone's attention and tell them that uh, Andy has finished Leslie's campaign anthem called Catch Your Dream. And Andy would like all of them to help as backup singers when he records it that evening, 6 p.m., at Double Time Studio, which gets Ron's attention. Yeah, apparently Andy's feeling a little bit, uh, you know, uh, bad about this fundraising thing he did where he dropped a thousand hot dogs on the ground. So he really wants to do a good job for Leslie here. You know, Alan, it, you know, speaking of being awkward, um, he comes in and he grabs everyone's attention by telling them there's a flesh eating virus going around. <laughs> It's called music. And then there's only you got to get a vaccine. You, you, when you, you play it, you play it to get an injection. Uh, and and it's, it's, he just fumbles. And I finally, Ron has to rescue him. Just say your piece, son. I love it. <laughs> and of course, there at the end, Ron, Ron is, uh, you know, he's a little nonplussed by all this. But he did pick up on that this uh, this location might be one that he's aware of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Well, back at the police station, Bensley almost escapes from that awkward scene when they encounter, well, even more awkwardness. Uh, Mark, I think there's a theme in this episode. Yeah, they're, they're, they're dialing it up slowly but surely as it goes on. So, yeah, Leslie and Ben just exited Trumple's office, I think. And they're, they're still at the police station. They're walking down the hallway and they're trying to get Ben out of the building quickly as before quick he gets spooked again. And they walk by a doorway and... Who should we see come through that doorway but Officer Dave Sanderson, Leslie's ex? Dave. Hey, Leslie. Ben. Ah! <laughs> he's, he's clearly on edge being in the police department. Oh this God. is not helping. He needs to get out of that building. So Leslie and Dave kind of awkwardly embrace like they're not quite sure like right. how to. And they greet each other. You know, introductions are made, et cetera. And Dave tells them he's only there for the night to attend Trumple's retirement party. And in a spur of the moment decision, Leslie invites Dave to go to dinner with her and Ben. Well, after that, Leslie and Ben exit the police station and they talk about Dave coming to dinner with him. And Leslie kind of apologizes for doing it on the spur of the moment. But Ben says, no, 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 it's fine. And, and, and Leslie, you can just go with him, out of, with him alone if you want. But Leslie insists, no, Dave is a great guy. You're a great guy and he's going to love you. Well, we'll see if that happens. But yeah, we, I, you can see why Dave might be interested in tagging along. Uh, one, because we're going to find out he's got an agenda, which will we'll, spoiler alert, we'll tell you about in a minute. Yeah. But two, you know, they're going to a fancy French restaurant. And well, he was basically going to get a frozen burrito from the gas station <laughs> eat it right there at that table. So no, they said we're yeah. going to go to a nice fresh restaurant. Cool. 
I'm going to go to the gas station and get a frozen <laughs> burrito and eat it right there at that table. And he points to this tiny, pathetic little, I mean, I, maybe two I feet by two feet. I don't know if he sit at that table by himself. No, I think there's a coffee urn on it and that's it. And that's about all you can fit on yeah, it. Yeah, that's about it. I mean, I can see why Leslie felt sorry for him. <laughs> just to have to be hunched over that table oh, eating his burrito. Yeah, maybe he, we'd all been better off if he'd just eaten there. Maybe. Yeah. Well, and two, I think the, the the Leslie's objective, at least, is to wind up getting a double endorsement this evening, one from Chief uh, Crumple yep. and one from Dave for Ben. Yep. Yep. So we'll see how that goes. Double endorsement. Catch yep. the fever. Yep. Mark, speaking of doubles, both endorsements and secret agents, of course, we, we now head over to Double Time Studios mm. and Ron acts quickly to maintain his secret identity. Andy is guiding everyone down the hall to the studio proper where they're going to record. And finally, is, it, is that the name? I thought it was called Double Time. Uh, it, 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 uh, yeah, it's the Double Time Studio proper. <laughs> it's, it's the last name there. <laughs> oh, OK. And uh, it's the last name. Listen to me. It's got a surname. I'm like Mr. Wizard over here. <laughs> so uh, finally, everybody goes by except Ron and April, I believe. And Ron yeah. happens to look up at the wall while he's walking by and he sees a framed poster that says, the legend continues, the Duke Silver trio, with a picture of Duke Silver, a.k.a. Ron Swanson, holding a saxophone prominently displayed front and center. Panicking a bit, Ron runs over to the wall, grabs the framed poster, and takes it off the wall, puts it behind the couch. April walks by as he's doing this, and Ron kind of <laughs> looks at her. And April begins to kind of tease him and jab him oh, a little yeah. bit about it, about his predicament there. But Ron urges her to please help him by discarding or destroying any Duke Silver-related memorabilia she might see. And April continues to rib him a bit, but she agrees to help him out. Yeah, I dig her groovy tunes, man. <laughs> <laughs> I said I dig her groovy tunes, man. <laughs> I love it. I love it where uh, he's like, uh, he says, I have a problem. This happens to be the studio where a local saxophone legend named Duke Silver records his albums. <laughs> I've heard of him. I heard he makes mature women swoon when he plays. And like deadpan looks right at his uh, eyes. Oh, yeah, so fun. Well, over in the studio, Andy is ready to rock out. And Ian is not happy that a certain secret is out. So we got the gang here. And this is, I think this is, God, we should got Tom, Ann, April, Andy, Chris, Ron, Jerry, Donna, Mouse Rat. I think everybody except Leslie and Ben. Yeah, at it's this point. everybody but Bensley. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they've all assembled. And Dave. And yeah, that's true. Part of the throuple now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they've assembled in a recording studio there and uh, include and then so we've got a studio technician named yeah, Chuck, Chuck looking on. Yeah, don't Chuck, forget Chuck. Chuck is up there in that booth that you see and uh, he's Chuck ready. looks kind of like Kenny, um, Axel's roommate on, on the middle. Oh, I thought you were going to say Kenny, you know, you bastard, you killed oh, him. Oh, no, not that Kenny. No. Different <laughs> Kenny. <laughs> nice. Anyway, so yeah, so Chuck Kenny is up there in the booth and he's getting ready to record. And Andy tells everyone they're going to play and sing at the same time to have the electricity of a live concert, sure. which concerns Good plan. Uh, Burley a little bit. Um, meanwhile, Tom asks Anne for a sip of her water and Jerry innocently comments, oh, how cute. You're sharing a water bottle, which makes Tom smack Jerry and tips off Anne that Tom has been telling everyone about them going on a date together. Anne is not happy. Well, and she says, you know, how how did this happen so fast? And he's like, well, I told them as soon as I possibly could. And she said, when? He said, well, I texted them while we were actually on the date. <laughs> <laughs> that would do it. 
So in a way, I kind of forgive him a little bit because he never had the chance to, uh, you know, do what she asked them to do, which was to keep it on the DL because he did it so quickly before she asked. And he has a very logical reason. He said, I'm sorry, you are too hot to hide. And <laughs> this is on you. It's on you. Yep. It's your fault. Yep. Uh, Tom logic, I guess. Yep. Well, Mark, while most of the rest of the gang is pitching in on the campaign song, it's time for Leslie and Ben to meet Dave at Pawnee's finest French restaurant. The restaurant's so nice, they named it twice, Chez Chez LaRue. That's an awesome name. I love it. We see Leslie and Ben having dinner with Dave now, and they talk about Ben being Leslie's campaign manager. They talk about how smart Leslie is, and they talk about the fact that Leslie is trying to get Trumple's endorsement before he retires. And Dave comments that Trumple is a buddy of his and he could probably get him to endorse Leslie, which excites both Leslie and Ben. Ben then excuses himself to go to the Wiz Palace. And while he's alone with Leslie, Dave awkwardly blurts out that he is still in love with her. Leslie is flustered, to say the least, and tries to quickly make it clear to Dave that she's in love with Ben. She didn't feel the same way towards him, etc. But unfortunately, Ben's trip to the Wiz Palace was too fast, and he comes back to an awkward air surrounding the table. I, I love she's like, what did you say? He's like, I didn't say that. And she says, uh, did you just say that you love me? He said, no, I don't think I said that. Uh, <laughs> no, nothing. Nothing was said. Nothing just now. Although he Ben did think of another name. Wizingham Manor. Wizingham Manor. I like, love it. Okay, yes, we'll add that to, to the lexicon. That. I love it. Yep. yep. Well, back at the studio, the gang is definitely pitching in on this song, but unfortunately, pitch seems to maybe be a problem. Oy. Everyone is singing in this scene except for Andy, who's kind of standing on the side, listening while clasping his hands and frowning. Yeah. And isn't he one of the only good singers in this group? So it makes sense that he wouldn't sing, I guess. Um, I think he's just uh, taking the taking the temperature of the room, I guess. I don't ah. know. Um, but finally, Andy motions to Chuck, Chuck Kenny, uh, to stop the recording. And he basically berates them all for sucking, tells them to take 15 <laughs> minutes to consider whether or not they really want to be part of this thing and then storms off. And then Chris, bit of a diva moment. A little bit. Yeah. And then Chris has a brief conversation with Tom. He says, well, you know, are you romantically involved with Anne? And Tom thinks Chris is going to give him like a big speech like, OK, you used to date her and you're going to say she's a great person. You need I need to treat her right. Right. And she and he I think he just wanted clarification and now realizes that he needs to adjust. I he, caught that. And he stares off into the middle distance. and like, OK. Now, if you remember back on Operation Anne a couple of weeks ago, I asked you about that, that look yeah. across the room. Yeah. And I said, do you think it means something? I think this verifies that it meant something to Chris. Oh, it didn't mean anything. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Maybe. Work with me here. Maybe. Work with me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love, before we move on, I love that Andy, you know, as he gets into this diva mode um, he, and he stops, you know, he has, like you said, he has Chuck stop everybody. Yep. He says, was that a joke? Were mm -hmm. you joking just now? Because if so, that was hilariously, awfully funny and bad that was. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, just he's not uh, very tactful, I guess. Oh, no. 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 Now, I will say in a slight defense for him. They did not sound good. No, they're awful. No, they're 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 point blank awful. Well, and this is where April also does her does her. He's a gorgeous genius. People don't question his methods. <laughs> yeah. I, I wonder if she's even maybe a little taken aback by uh, how Andy approaches the situation. You know, that'd be a good band name. Point blank awful. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, I'm writing that down. Write it down. Yep. Yeah. Well, back at Shay Shay's, it turns out that Dave's uh, brief return may turn into something more permanent. 
which, you know, uh, will make it easier for him to hide Ben's body without uh, having to rush through it, Mark. Oh, holy yikes. So we got some additional chit chat going on. Now, for those keeping score at home, Leslie is aware that Dave loves her. Ben is still in the dark at this point. Oh, no, he's he's clueless. Yep, yep, yep. So after we got some additional chit-chat going on here, and Dave tells them that although he's leaving tomorrow, he may be coming back since the main reason he's there is to interview for Trimple's position of police chief. Mm. And Ben encourages Dave to do so, thinking, oh, that'd be awesome, dude. Then you could endorse Leslie. And Leslie seems a little bit frazzled at all this for obvious reasons. Dave then asks Leslie to join him outside. <laughs> you, you, you look like I could use some company. <laughs> and, and, and so Le- Dave asks Leslie to join him outside. Leslie refuses. Ben offers to go with him. Dave refuses. And then awkwardly just kind of, I guess I'm a man of my word. I guess I'll go. <laughs> so he goes outside by himself. himself. Though the moment Dave is gone, Leslie tells Ben what Dave said to her. Well, thank God. And Ben starts freaking out a bit since this combines two of his nightmare scenarios. <laughs> a, Leslie being stolen from him. Yep. And B, you know, cops. Cops. With guns. I'm deathly afraid of cops. <laughs> and Dave ends up coming back in, I think, less than a minute later since it was raining outside. So now everyone is sitting there awkwardly. I, I don't blame them. Me neither. Well, Mark, back over at Double Time, we learn what Andy does to protect his voice and sing better and how he's going to protect this song from someone who clearly can't or someone's perhaps. (laughs) Andy comes back into the studio with um, Hot Tea and Honey for his voice. Another good band name. That is a good band name, although I will say uh, he thinks tea is gross. So really what he came back with was just a coffee mug full of honey. And he just reaching his big Andy <laughs> paw in there, just going. Uh, did did you think it. of Winnie the Pooh when you I saw this? I completely thought of Winnie oh, the yeah. Pooh. It's like it's Pooh Bear. Absolutely. <laughs> Unfortunately, the honey-filled coffee mug is a Duke Silver coffee mug, and April ah. and Ron catch it, and they kind of look at each other alarmed, and then April grabs the mug and smashes it on the ground, <laughs> kind of pretending to be like you know rock and roll, like that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So Andy now wants to hear all of them sing to find out where the problem is. And Anne and Ch- Tom exchange a few words, Tom trying to be pimping Tom and Anne getting increasingly annoyed with him. And then Chris gives an awful rendition of Take Me Out to the Ball Game," butchering both the notes and the lyrics alike. He, he left nothing. What's the word I'm going for here? Unabused. That's a great yes. word. Yeah, yeah, that one. No, it was all abused. <laughs> it was bad. Yup. I, I like, too, that um, Andy says, look, this is not an addition, so just relax. But if you don't sing good, you're out of here. Yep. See ya. <laughs> it seems fair. <laughs> <laughs> well, back at the restaurant, Mark, Leslie is trying to wrap things up. But before she can do that, uh, we realize that everyone needs to talk privately to everyone. And, and I lost track of who was on first by the end of this. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. As the meal ends, Leslie gets the check. And as you alluded to, the three of them get into a real Who's on first sort of exchange? Well, you know what, Alan? Why don't we demonstrate for the viewers a little uh, Pawnee Pawnee Theater? Some Pawnee Theater. Yeah, Yeah. I love it. So how about how about uh, there's three of them? Why don't you play uh, Ben and uh, I do a better Leslie than you do? That's absolutely true. Yeah. So I'll do Leslie and I'll also do Dave. Yeah. And you do a pretty good Dave as well. I do a good uh, Dave. And so it's it's, it's maybe a. Dave slash Beaker combo, but it works. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. All right. So it starts out with, so they're trying to figure out who's going to talk to, to talk to who. And yeah, Dave yeah. says, 
Uh, actually, Ben, uh, would you mind if I talk to Leslie alone? Um, actually, Dave, I'd like to talk to you. Well, I, I don't I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> I, I want to talk to Leslie. Well, I, I want to talk to you. And if not, then I'd like to talk to Leslie. Well, I'd like to talk to Ben. And then I'd like the three of us to talk together. Well, then I'll talk to Ben and then you then I'll talk to you and then you'll talk to each other and then we'll all three talk. All right. So who's talking now? <laughs> it's a really funny exchange. And scene. And scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think we did that justice. It was it was kind of a classic <laughs> who's on first, wasn't it? Yeah, it yeah, was. I it was. It. It certainly would have been my inspiration for it. Yo. Well, at the studio, the gang is sounding a little better and we're finally getting something laid down. And then, well, Tom has to be Tom. Uh, yeah, he just doesn't know any other way. Doesn't he know that we were going to like just like kind of, you know, make up uh, knock knock jokes from this point on? Like no one told him. No, no, you're exactly right, Alan. So Chuck is recording. Everyone is singing. Tom is noticeably absent. They're singing. They're singing. When all of a sudden, Tom enters and motions for them to all to stop recording, figuring, you know, he'll woo Anne. I caught feelings for you, girl. Anne has had it and tells Tom she's calling this, that they are done. And Anne storms off. Yeah. Well, he says, and I don't care who knows. And she says, I know you don't care, dummy. I care. <laughs> God. What an idiot. He is an idiot. You've you've said this before. Pimp and Tom is my and I believe yours least favorite Tom. I have so much I want to say about <laughs> this. And I'm not going to let myself do it, but I, I have more to say later. All right. Yes, I agree with you. I, I won't spoil it. Yep, 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 yep. Well, Mark, in the first private meeting back at Shay Shay's uh, restroom, uh, Dave is pr basically asking Ben very nicely to allow him to have his private meeting with Leslie once again. Yeah, I think this is a talk category one of seven that they went through. I, I've <laughs> lost right. track. But yeah, yeah, you're right, Alan. Dave and Ben are now in uh, the Cheche LaRue's uh, men's restroom and they're talking. Um, <laughs> Alan, let's have Harvey play this clip. I think that's a great idea. I need you to know something man to man. I still have feelings for Leslie in a womanly fashion. <laughs> and I believe she feels the same towards me in a manly way. She doesn't feel the same way because she has a boyfriend, um, me, and, 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 and we love each other. That's, that, that, that information is, it's not pertinent, well, frankly, at this I, juncture. I just said to you one thing, and you're contrarying me. I don't think that's a, a word. I think we'd all appreciate it if you would just let me have three minutes with her alone. Consequently, I'd like you to clear the area. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I'm I'm not going to give my blessing for you to go and try and win my girlfriend away from me. I think that that's reasonable. Yeah. Okay. Okay, and I want to thank you. I want to thank you for having this talk with me, man. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you very uh -oh. much. What, uh, what are you doing? doing Uh-oh. Are you serious? You brought it on yourself. What? <laughs> <laughs> wow. He brought it on himself by offering to shake his hand. Ben's being deathly afraid of cops is yeah. not going to get better after this episode. No, no, I think this may actually make it worse. If I, possible. I think that yeah. you, you may be right. So now let's summarize. Ben's now handcuffed to a urinal in the bathroom. <laughs> I don't think this is going to end well. <laughs> no, I don't think it is either. Nope. And we learned a new word. Contriering. Uh, contriering. Yeah. Yeah. I plan to use that. Oh, me too. I, I think that was the wordle today. 
Stop it. <laughs> you and your wordle, I swear to God. Mm. Well, Mark, since Ben graciously agreed to Dave's request, well, that's what Dave's going to say in court. Anyway, we almost get to hear his pitch to Leslie. <laughs> Dave, Dave approaches. Leslie's still at the table. Yeah. Dave approaches. Ben is locked in the bathroom. No, no. That's chained not, in the bathroom. No, that's not what happened. No. Uh, ben left. And, oh. and he said, I, I've got somewhere important to go. And I, I also, I don't respect Leslie as a woman. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> That's what Dave tells her. Uh. And Leslie clearly doesn't believe him. But Dave begs us, please give me, give me 30 seconds to say my piece. And so I think at this point, Leslie is frustrated and she's at the end of her patience. Yeah. She's like, okay, you know, fine, fine. What? Why? Get yeah. 30 seconds. Go. Go. Right. And he, he starts to speak. <laughs> and then Leslie's cell phone rings. Of course it does. And then she answers it. It's Ben. (laughs) And she looks straight at Dave shooting daggers at him. And then we then see the three of them in the men's restroom. And Ben's flipping out. Leslie is pissed and orders Dave to uncuff him, which he does. Which I I love. I love all of this because all of this would have worked so much better if it were an episode of Andy Griffith because (laughs) they didn't have cell phones. No. Dave was not thinking this one through. Oh, no, no, no. As as most kidnappers don't, (laughs) apparently. Or I'm sorry. What's somebody who can find? Oh, yeah, that's still kidnapping. Still, You know what I love about this? At one point, Leslie asks him the question that, you know, any rational person would ask him. What what were you thinking? Yeah, of course. And I, I was thinking that I would cuff him and then I, I could have time to, to speak to you and that you would decide to be with me. And then I would come back here and we would we would uncuff him together. <laughs> like with Sharon Keys. That's almost yeah. romantic in a weird, demented it's way. It's romantical, Mark. It's, it's roman- of a romantical nature. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, Mark, back at the studio, despite the fact that Anne seemed to be walking outside, we now see Tom kind of looking out the window and it's apparently raining. And uh, for whatever reason, Tom thinks this is going to work in his favor. Yeah. Like you said, it's it's pouring down rain. And we see at the beginning of the scene a camera shot of, of through the studio door. So we can see outside it's pouring down cats and dogs and Tom's holding it open to show the camera. And he looks back at the camera and he tells us with a little talking head that nature's, in his words, throwing him a bone because ladies love a guy waiting for them in, a, in the rain. Go figure. He saw that in a movie once. Back in the studio. We see everyone is now gone from the main room, the recording room, except for Andy, who is laying on the floor (laughs) and Ron, who's standing over him looking down. And Ron says something he never thought he'd say. Andy may be overthinking this. (laughs) And Andy finally reveals a little bit, I think, of what's going on in his head and why he's been such a diva. And he says, the song has to be perfect, Ron. Okay, Leslie trusted me with it. I can't come up with some brilliant political idea, can I? This is this is the only way I can help. So that kind of makes sense to me, like a little bit. Yeah, it kind of gets us into where his head is. So Ron pauses and he seems to come to some sort of decision and then convinces Andy to take a walk and clear his head. And Andy does so. And once Andy's gone, Ron cracks his knuckles and looks meaningfully at Chuck Kenny. Yeah. And Chuck Kenny looks back at him knowingly and gives him a thumbs up. Yeah. He knows what he's thinking. And then the scene ends with Tom standing out in the rain waiting for Anne. Anne? Boo boo? <laughs> Plan's going great so far, Tom. Mm, yeah. Aces. Aces, Gary. 
Mark, I know this may be obvious to everyone now, but I took away from this that, you know, obviously Chuck is the engineer that uh, maybe Duke Silver has worked with before. So he knows what Ron's thinking here. That was my assumption as well. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that little insider thing. Well, in the car after leaving the debacle at Shay Shay's, Leslie is about to call off the rest of their plans for the night, but Ben isn't ready to give up just because of a little thing like, you know, a class A felony. <laughs> yeah, this is just a short little scene. As you said, Leslie is driving her and Ben in the Leslie Mobile from Shay Shay LaRue, and Leslie apologizes to Ben for how things went down and suggests, oh, let's just let's just go home. Yeah. Ben insists that they need to go to Trumple's retirement party, though, and try to get the endorsement. And Leslie briefly tries to say, no, it's OK. She didn't care before Ben kind of politely shuts her down and says, you don't care about the endorsement. Leslie, let's not let your terrible decision making get in the way of this election. And they kind of <laughs> grin at each other. Which so, is terrific. Yeah. He's being a very good sport about this for sure. Yes. And, and frankly, he's right. I think if they didn't go, she would definitely not get the endorsement. Well, you got, got to carp compartmentalize. I mean, there, there's what's happened there as Ben, her boyfriend, and then there's her campaign manager. That's She's got to get the endorsement. That's a great point. He's yep. wearing two hats. You're exactly right. Yep. Well, Mark, on a good day, Tom looks like he weighs about a buck 25. And well, now that he's soaking wet, I'll go as high as 120. I was going to say 25. <laughs> um, yeah. A drenched Tom walks into the studio. He he looks like a, a pathetic drowned rat, drowned at, rat the, yeah. at this point. He walks up to Anne and he whines to her. I was waiting outside in the rain for you because I thought you could come out and be like, oh, he's all wet. That's so romantic. But you didn't. And now I've got the sniffies. <laughs> what on earth would make you think I like that? I, this is a great question, right? Movies. <laughs> and then Anne says something that I'm going to come back to because I feel like it encapsulates a, great, a lot. It's a great line. She says, why do you have to be so... You all the time. We have said the phrase Tom being Tom, haven't we? Yup. Yep. So we get it. Yup. Yep. I want to talk about it more later too. Yep. Well, Mark, we're now over at Flanagan's finally and Ben and Leslie arrive for the chief's decision. And Ben couldn't be more chill while uh, Leslie and Dave get a chance to set things right. Hmm. You may have watched a different show than I did. <laughs> so, yeah, now we see an inside shot of uh, O'Flanagan's bar yeah. where a big banner has been hung that reads the Pawnee Police Department wishes a happy retirement to Chief Hugh Trumple. We then see Ben hanging out at a table alone by himself. Ben is then approached by police officer Scorgle and police officer Randy Kilnose, who we last saw in Bowling for Votes. You know, that is his last name, right? Oh, yeah, I saw the names the, the, and I was going to make note of them later. Ching. Fun with names. Um, they proceed to stress Ben out by offering him a beer, but warning him not to drink and drive. But, <laughs> hey, come on, you have to have a drink. This is a celebration to uh, but don't make a mistake. You'll regret your entire life. Jeez. And finally, a nervous and, and exasperated Ben finally tells them both, please just tell me what you want me to do. <laughs> I don't think his, his deathly afraid fear of cops is getting better. Nope. Bad day for it. And then we cut over same scene. We cut over to Leslie sitting at the bar, I think, with Dave. And you know what? Let's have Harvey play the rest of this clip. Ah, great idea. So if you move here, I hope we can be friends. But I love Ben. He comes first. And if you're going to act like an ass, I can't talk to you ever. Okay, that's fair. I, I'm sorry. That was dumb, all that stuff I did. You just, you make me crazy. And 
I guess I'm just surprised that that's, you know, that's the guy you fell in love with. He's very, well, he's shrimpy and he's small. Shrimpy or not, he's smart and he's cute and he's kind and he's funny and he's got a great face and nice hair. And okay, I, I get it, I surrendered. <laughs> I just want to know that you're happy and you're protected. I'm very happy and he's not shrimpy. A few weeks ago, a guy called me a bitch in a bowling alley and he punched him in the face. Yeah, oh, good man. I mean him for doing that. Not the guy called you a bitch. You tell me where he is, I'll punch him too. <laughs> <laughs> so it looks like Leslie and Dave made peace. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, Dave was obviously being obnoxious and, you know, short of the actual felony itself. Uh, you know, I can at least relate to him wanting to try to win Leslie back because when he left, they they really liked each other. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, back at the studio, it turns out that the mix was a lot better than Andy thought. And April is about to run interference for the Duke yet once again. Andy walks into the room that the studio proper and tells everyone that they have to completely start over with a new song that he's written. And Chuck, you should just delete everything that you've done so far. Ron says, hey, hold on there, Chuck there. Uh, Andy, listen to the song one more time, please, and make a decision. So, All right. So the song plays. And the first thing that we notice is a jamming saxophone playing along with the song now. And Andy is entranced with the sax and asks if this is a new mix and declares that, oh, my gosh, this sounds way better. <laughs> so I, I think we got victory here. And the scene ends with Jerry holding up a, a I think it's a pamphlet uh, advertising Duke Silver yeah, and says, yeah. hey, hey, you guys, who who is this? This this looks just like. And then April walks up to Jerry with symbols and <laughs> clashes them in front of his face and grabs the pamphlet. I've heard of punching bag Jerry, but we've never had a uh, symbol face Jerry before. So. <laughs> symbol face Jerry. It's it's a first. It's a, it's a first. There yeah. It is. And then Ron kind of gives her a thumbs up. Thumbs like, well up done. Yeah. Yep. Mark, I love that uh, the song Andy wrote to replace, you know, Catch Your Dreams, which was horrible, of course, for a moment at least, is The Promise of Tomorrow's Wings. Oh, uh, 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 top 10 for sure. <laughs> Easy. Yep. Easy. Right next to 5,000 Candles in the Wind. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Mark, outside of his apparent gun threat, at least initially, uh, Ben's actually pretty eloquent when speaking on behalf of Leslie with the chief here. I was pretty proud of Ben in yeah. this scene. I mean, given how he's deathly afraid of cops. He's uber focused in this moment, I think, is what does it. For the most part, when he's not being deathly afraid of cops. <laughs> but but yes, I do agree with you. So, yeah, we see Ben. He's sitting with Chief Trumple, who's drinking a beer. And Ben is talking to him about endorsing Leslie. And he makes the very good point that, look, Bobby Newport's just going to keep on buying you a couple new cars, some new uniforms, etc. All right, as always. But that guy is all about short-term solutions. But Leslie, she has a plan to raise cops' pensions to increase benefits without cutting back on hours. And he actually shows Trumple what he's talking about on paper. And the scene ends with a talking head where Leslie tells us, Trumple gave me the endorsement, which is great, but really the only endorsement that matters is Ben's. And I locked that sucker up a long time ago. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, a couple things here too. I love that, you know, as Ben's basically having this great moment, they remind us of the fear of cops as he goes to get the paper out of his jacket. <laughs> He's reaching for a gun. Yeah. And all these cops pull their guns out on him, of course. I'm surprised Ben was able to continue, frankly. Oh, that. I thought he peed himself <laughs> well, for sure. Maybe he did. I, I 
well, I can't dispute that. You know, you're right. Because he did have to use the bathroom just a minute ago. But that's why I'm so proud of that yes. boy. Because yes. seriously, I mean, I'm sure he was just like, okay, <laughs> I'm surrounded by cops, but everything's going to be okay. Gun, gun, robber, robber. But then he reels it in. He continues. And then this is where one of my AKAs comes in. He's like, uh, yeah, a pretty sweet sauce there, AAs. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Come on. Man. Yeah. But you know what? If that's all he does after nearly being mauled by yeah. a crowd of cops for pulling a piece pretty of good. paper out. Not bad. Yeah. And it's basically what Trump will expect from anyway. Yes. Yeah. I, so we're OK. I, I also like uh, I think there is a, a last part of Leslie's uh, talking head where, you know, she's talking about how, yay, Trump will gave me the endorsement. And then she says, now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to endorse 10 beers into my mouth because <laughs> on account of this has been an incredibly stressful evening. I don't blame her. Yep. Yeah. Well, following the rap at the studio, Tom makes one more shot at a second chance with Ann and gets to hear everyone's four favorite words, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> um, with the recording successfully completed, everybody starts to leave. And finally, we cut to Tom and Ann alone. And Tom tells Ann he is he has something to say with no gimmicks, just talking as a person. And Ann seems... Can he do that? Well... I have my doubts and seems to be receptive to this avenue, possibly for the first time that night. Tom then proceeds to sing to Anne in a very cringy over the top way. And and finally, after several, several, several seconds of this, Anne finally tells Tom, fine, fine. I'll go out with you. Just please stop. Like he he wore her down. <laughs> I, I don't even Tom's song is so stupid. Um, there's something just just very, very slightly endearing about it. But uh, she, she he did that. He wore her down. She's going to just say yes, just to get him to move on. Yeah. 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 So I, I noted that one. I'm put it away in the index file for the next time I need it. We'll see how it works. I'll, I'll report back. <laughs> Baby, I'm sorry for how I acted. <laughs> a punch. Girl, I want you to be that boo for me. Yeah. It's <laughs> terrible. Well, Mark, finally in the kicker, Ben never got to use the bathroom back at Shay Shay's. So now it's finally his turn. And well, maybe after this next guy anyway. Well, I guess since he's standing in line for the restroom, maybe he didn't pee himself. Well, there you go. <laughs> there we go. So see, mystery solved. Yeah, Ben is standing in line for the bathroom. They're still at O'Flanagan's bar and there's a policeman standing behind him and Ben gestures, you know, kind of politely for him to go in front of him saying, well, go ahead. So the policeman goes in and he finally comes out. Another policeman approaches and once again, Ben politely gestures, oh, go ahead, you know, go in front of him. That policeman goes in and when he finally comes out, <laughs> Dave approaches and yet again, Ben gestures for him to go in again. You know what? Let's have Harvey play us out. Let's do that. I love that Dave uh, takes a little bit of um, pity on him here. Yup. Oh, hey, Dave, go ahead. Uh, go ahead. No, 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 no. You're waiting. It's your no, turn. No, no, I'm not. You're not waiting. No. It, it feels like you're... It feels to me like you, you're being overly respectful of all these cops and you're and you're letting them go in all in front of you. No, no, no. I'm just standing here. Why would you yeah. be standing just I, here? I, I, I was just Get him up. Go in. Thank you so much. <laughs> Fade to black. Oh, very nice. Yo. So at least a little bit of a humanizing moment between uh, Dave and Ben there as well as the one he had with Leslie. So. A little bit. Yeah. That's so. one thing I do like about Dave is he just kind of sometimes says things how they are. 
Well, you know, there's sometimes that's not a bad thing. No. Got to cut back on the whole chaining people to things and kidnapping felonies outside of that. Whatever. Fine. You're such a diva. <laughs> God. <laughs> Well, Mark, let's do this. Let's take a quick break. Uh, we'll rehash a few things here and then we'll come back and we'll give scores and we'll send everybody home. Capital plan, old boy. All right. There you go. Chip, chip. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll be right back, everybody. Yep. Do you like to eat? Are you cultured? Do you have a fondness for all things French? If you answered yes to either of the last two questions, I would normally walk away at this point. But, like you, I do enjoy eating, so it is with an open mind and empty stomach that I invite you to venture down to Greater Pawnee and give Chez LaRue a try. Hello, this is Ron Swanson, proudly announcing themselves as Pawnee's finest French restaurant, Chez LaRue has many food offerings depending on your definition of food. Here is a quick rundown of some of their more popular menu items. Aperitif, an alcoholic drink before the meal, often a wine of some sort. They have the right idea, although I will note a disturbing lack of Lagavulin. Hors d'oeuvres, a snack before the main meal, typically soup, vegetable, or eggs. Again, right idea, questionable implementation. I personally opt to skip this unless said eggs come sunny side up and with bacon. Quiche, a French tart filled with eggs, cream, cheese, meats, and even fresh vegetables. Ugh. They had me, then they lost me. Crepe, a very thin, delicate pancake. Okay, I have to ask why. Cacavin. Chicken braised with wine, mushrooms, and garlic. A reasonably tasty bird. Not bad. Duck confit. A slightly snooty bird cooked slowly over a long period. I'd personally rather shoot at them than eat them. Quail. An even more snooty bird that I have no time for and is too small for a meal anyway. Beef bourguignon. Alright, this one is actually pretty good. Salmon. Ugh. Just as I started to warm up to this place, they introduced this almost vegetable as a main course. They claimed the salmon is the star. Well, like other stars, such as the ones in the sky, it belongs far away from me and not on my plate. And finally, hamburger, also known as hamburger. Now we're talking. Vegetable fish and silly menu names can now be forgiven. When you visit Chez Chez LaRue, be sure to ask about the new dish they implemented at my request, the Beef Bourguignon, Ron, which is essentially unlimited helpings of the aforementioned Beef Bourguignon, minus the Bourguignon. Mmm. <clears throat> Thank you. That is all. everybody we're back well mark as we usually do let's get into the uh, the deleted scenes really quick and of course for our uh, viewers at home if you happen to have the dvds or access to peacock or some other way to watch this terrific show um, and see the deleted scenes i'd recommend you go check these out absolutely yeah this week we had about five minutes and 27 seconds worth of scenes which i think about seven overall 
there's a couple of funny ones in there with some different POVs and, you know, a little more of a Dave being uncomfortable. And <laughs> maybe in this modern age, it's good those clips didn't actually get in. Uh, more been a cop harassment, which was pretty funny. Dave apologizing. But there was one I thought that kind of stood out and it took place in the studio. You probably know which one I'm talking about here. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's, let's actually play this one for the folks at home. Sure. What I was thinking is we're going to lay down some rugs. We're going to light some candles. And I want everyone to take your shoes off. Now, all the greats record barefoot. Do you know that? <laughs> Come on, do it. Ron? I take my shoes off to swim in lakes and occasionally for sexual partners. <laughs> occasionally. <laughs> Everyone but Ron. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, my God. Oh. Ooh. What is that? It smells like a dead animal. It's Jerry. <laughs> Jerry, your feet stink. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, guys, I, I, I have been to a doctor and... Apparently, there's nothing that science can do. <laughs> Just breathe through your mouth, everybody. Next thing. Uh, oh, you can taste it when you yeah. breathe through your mouth, can't you? Wow. Uh, uh, oh, that was so good. Oh, that was pretty I think funny. that one should have, they should have found a way to keep that one in. That would have been cool. Or create a supersize episode. Well, that too. And again, I, we almost say that every week. I think that the deleted scenes generally are good enough to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Alan, have there been any episodes in season four so far that have been like supersized or director's cuts? I don't, I can't remember. I don't think so. If, don't think if, so there, if there was, it had to be one of the first three or four episodes and not since. I'm yeah. certain of that. And I think, I don't think there has been one in season four. I agree. Yeah. Um, I usually kind of, you know, put the DVDs, I put the DVDs together for us to review and uh, I just don't remember one. So I'll take a look again and see, and, and maybe we've got one coming up, yeah. but there's a couple, there's a couple big episodes at the end of season four yeah. that are important episodes. Yeah. I suspect at least one of those will be a producer. Yeah, show. I agree. Yeah. Well, Mark, how about we move into tropes first fun facts and such? Uh, what would you get this week? I did not have a whole lot this week, actually. Um, I had a, for a first, I had, this is arguable, but I said authoritative Andy. Is it a first? In in that vein, I would say, yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. Where he's kind of in charge. He's He takes charge versus being put in charge. Like he is definitively like everybody is go, uh, uh, going by his lead. Yeah. he It's his, it's his shindig. Right. That That's all I had. How about yeah. you? Um, I said it's our first uh, visit to Chez Chez LaRue's. Oh, that's true. Which again, you know, terrific name of a restaurant. So yes. many good names in this episode. Uh, our first visit to Double Time Studios. Oh, that's true. So, and, and you know, quick point, Alan. I don't think the viewers at home, if they watch this episode, they will not hear the name or see the name Shay Shay Larue in the episode proper. That comes point. from the deleted scenes. We know that through the deleted scenes. It's yep. a great point, and it's only. I don't even know if they say it, but we see it as they zoom in on the menu in what's called Marka. That's a technical term in the industry. It's an insert shot. Ah, yeah. gotcha. I learned that from Michael Trump. Is that? <laughs> He's fascinating. He was great. Because I was all prepared to go, hey, Alan, what's this restaurant? Come right. on, name it. I dare you. And I dare then I'm like, you, oh, man. crap, it has a name. And I, of okay. course, would have just made it up. <laughs> and, and I would have made up a French restaurant name, but I could not have topped Chez Chez LaRue. No, that's a good one. No, it that's really a good is. One. Yeah. Uh, how about tropes, Mark? What'd you get this week? I had five. Um, okay. I had, um, I don't know if we've had this before, but I said RDS, Return of Duke Silver. <laughs> I had uh, Fun With Names. Like okay. Officer sure. Randy yeah, Killnose, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That goes without saying. Uh, PBJ, some punching bag Jerry in oh, this, yeah. big and bad. Um, I had uh, Ben hates cops <laughs> and Ben mugs to the camera. Yeah. How about nice. you? Um, I, I had all those. I had a variant. My variant of a Ben hates cops was actually a CTB. 
uh, cops terrify Ben. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which they're both true. Yep. <laughs> I think there's an inverse relationship, in fact. Yep. Um, I had one called, uh, you know, you know, the, those celebrity couples, they get the names there. And the, we, we've got Bensley. We've yep. said that before. Yep. I tried to make up one for this next uh, what's going to be a trope for a minute. Uh, Tom and Ann, Ann and Tom. So you get Tam or Ant. They're don't, not great don't you couple get names. Tan? Tan. Like no. you're out in, because Ann. Oh, Tom and Ann. I said, yeah, that's what I said. Oh, I thought you said Tam. I did, like but Tammy. I'm going to pretend like I didn't <laughs> do it wrong. <laughs> I thought you were trying to like start to form the name Tammy. Like, like, Tammy. I, <laughs> sorry, not Timmy. Tammy. I don't know. I don't know what's going what on this What is happening week. here? I don't know. Let's you get back to this podcast. You killed Lenny, you bastard. Oh, you bastard. All right. Oh, boy. Um, I had uh, Bensley under attack as a trope. So Dave is the threat vector, right? And the the thing that is Bensley is under attack and they have to defend itself. And if you think about it, we've had this many times. It started with yeah, Chris as the attack vector. Yeah, right? we have. And so I, I think it is a trope. We just haven't maybe said it out loud before. Yeah. You know what? That's a good one. Yeah. I, I like, that. like that one. Um, selfish Tom. Yeah. I mean, he just. <laughs> yes, it, you're right. Forget Pimpin and all that stuff, which is also true here, which another trope he just being really selfish in this and i know i won't get into it because we're about to talk more about it but right okay and then uh I, and then i said the insecure tom right i think the root of playa tom pimpin tom is insecure tom i think that's what's behind it all and I, that's the one uh excuse slash slight you know uh, forgive forgiveness i'll give him and it's very very slight i don't i don't give it as an excuse i accept it as an explanation fair yeah. All right. I'm with you. Good. All right. How about goofs or fun facts? Anything before we move on? I actually had none. I had, uh, there was a, one of them internet viewers there noted that apparently if you're watching that scene in the parking lot where all the cop cars are lined up, mm-hmm. and of course we've seen that same parking lot many times. Last time it wasn't cop cars there. It was supposed to be the city hall parking lot. Mm. So it's been reused that location. I see. But if you see uh, in the headlights, you can see a reflection of a boom mic. Oh, yeah. All so, right. You know, but it's a documentary, right? So yeah. I don't actually consider that a goof. I, You know what? That's a great point. Yep. Because even in later seasons of The Office, you get the same thing. Yep. Um, and then fun facts. I had one and this this one's mine, I guess. Um, Double Time is actually a real uh, production audio studio in San Diego. Get out of here. Yeah. And they've, they've done not a lot of huge bands. There's like tons of bands, but a couple of the bigger names were like, um, let's see. Uh, Alan, you oh, can't make these things up. They have to actually be fun facts. No, this is true. All right. Uh, Blink-182 records there. Wow. Yeah. Um, there's a, a band called Bucko Nine. Uh, but again, I think Blink is probably the biggest name band they have on their list. But, but still, it's a that, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. That is I a fun fact. I didn't know if they fact. knew that. So Well done. Yeah. So anyway. Well, Mark, hey, let's get into our score then. Let's get into the score. All right. So let's figure out this co-MVP silliness. I chose for this episode, I chose Adam Scott as Ben Wyatt and Aubrey Plaza as April Ludgate. Okay. Here's my reasoning. Yep. Um, for the A story, I, I thought Officer Dave was a great part of the A story. And and he, you know, Lucy K is always very funny. Um Maybe my favorite part was watching poor Ben's reaction to all the cops around him, wondering if when he was going to have a heart attack or pee himself, because, you know, he's deathly afraid of cops. I just thought that was hilarious. It Plus, was funny. Adam Scott is just a superb straight man. We've talked about that. And I think this shown through in this episode as well. 
Um, as for April, Alan, did you ever see that Looney Tunes cartoon where uh, it was Bugs Bunny against the Gas House Gorillas, I think, in a game of baseball? And and Bugs Bunny, uh, he played all the positions. First base, Bugs Bunny. Second yeah. base, Bugs Bunny. Shortstop, Bugs Bunny. <laughs> I felt like April was Bugs Bunny in this episode. Like she was everywhere doing one. everything yeah. awesomely, I might add. So like she totally supported Anne's cr- Anne's, Andy's craziness. Yeah. Um, she totally supported Ron's quest to keep his alter ego from Good the point. gang. Yeah. And all the while giving him kind of a hard time about it too I, I really liked her in this episode i like the way they've been going with april and, and also i like that this we've talked about how it's nice to see andy and april kind of have their own storylines but i thought they combined that nicely because they did that for both of them but they also kind of brought them together a together little bit. by the end yeah nice writing yeah I, I would absolutely agree i think that's a, a good call so a few additional notes I like the return of Officer Dave. I thought he was funny as always. He definitely gave me several LOL moments while watching this episode. I love, love, love the much overdue return of the legendary Duke Silver. And and you know what, Alan, we've talked about how we like it when they use music effectively. And I thought this episode was no exception. I really like that. Um, And we we talked about the Winnie the Pooh moment with Andy reaching into the (laughs) coffee mug of honey. Oh, my gosh. That's just so funny. Um, A lot of good stuff in this episode. Um, Good. I thought it was a good use of comedic bench, except I feel like they need just a little bit more Donna. And I, I feel I, like I, we say that a lot. I, yes, we we certainly do. Yeah. Um. So some small nitpicks here. I guess that was a small nitpick, but I'll start it officially. <sighs> do your nitpicks without saying the word Tom. I dare you. No, I will not. <laughs> I refuse your uh, my challenge. Th- your thing there. I'm yeah. not going to do it. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Tom, I'm starting to hate him again. Tom's character really, really grates on me in certain situations. Yeah. Now, if they have Tom acting acting the fool with John Ralphio, all right. It's kind of different. If they have him as like a weird hip hop caricature of some sort, all right. You know what? He can kind of work in those roles. But if you, when you talk about romance, relationships, Tom is so over the top, obnoxious and corny, and yeah. it, I, I, I just find myself hating him. He's I, those things in the way Dave is awkward. I mean, he was warned by Anne to put away the swagger act. Like he, he kind of almost had the path paved for him. She just, opened ju- with that. Ju- just talk to me like a normal person, and I will be receptive. And he still couldn't resist. Like I, I don't even understand why Anne would agree to another date with him. Tom is not somewhat that someone that you put up with if you don't need to. Of all the pairings Anne has ever had on this show, I'm feeling this one the least. Yeah. Um. And, and I have to make this point again. I know I've said this in the past. One of the best things from a writing perspective that you can do with characters that are obnoxious, unlikable, etc., is to give them a redemption moment. Give them a point where they they turn around and because. That hits like thunder. If you write that right, Tom could have some of the best scenes, some of the most meaningful, impactful dialogue because no one expects it from him. You know what I mean? All right. All right. All right. right. Moving on. All right. So on to the Mark rubric. I'm going to give this one a 4.5 base score. It's not the absolute tip top of the best, but I thought it was pretty darn good. I'm going to give half a point for a great performance by episode co-MVP Adam Scott. I'm going to give half a point for a great performance by episode co-MVP Aubrey Plaza. I'm going to give half a point for a great performance by guest star Louis C.K. I I had to give him half a point. He was really funny in this. Um, 
I'm also going to say half a point like beyond Louis C.K. Great guest stars with Mouse Rat and the many police officers that yeah. we've come to yeah. know and love. Just it really helps, again, flesh out Pawnee. I really liked it. I'm going to give half a point to what I call the April Andy combo. The combination of authoritative Andy and supportive April. I, I just thought that was really effective. I liked them together. I liked them apart. Well done. Half point for that. I'm also going to give half a point for what I call the Leslie combo. First of all, Amy Poehler's performance, I, I would at least give it a quarter point. I'm not allowed to give quarter points, but Amy Poehler's performance combined with the team coming together for a common goal to support Leslie. Yeah. Okay. Both of those together, they deserve half a point. I'm going to give half a point to Ben's reactions to cops throughout the entire show because funny. <laughs> well done. And I'm going to give half a point for the return, the much overdue return of Duke Silver. Now, for those of you that do the math, you may have added up those points and realized that I'm at 8.5, but I'm not done yet. Oh, well, occasionally grumpy Mark comes to the mic and he has to give penalties. And I don't do this very often. Yeah. I gave, I think the biggest penalty I've ever given was for meet and greet where I slammed it hard because of Tom. And I'm going to do that again here, but not to the same extent. I'm going to subtract half a point okay. for Tom really getting on my nerves, making it almost impossible to like him or believe that he and Anne could possibly be a real thing. So minus half a point for that. You total those up. We're at eight little Sebastians. You know, Alan, it's interesting. Last episode, Operation and the last yeah, episode yeah. we reviewed, our viewers may remember and you may remember that I said I almost gave that an 8.0, but yes. I bumped it up to an 8.5 because I like the B story so much in that episode. Right. Yeah. Here I find myself in the opposite situation. I would have given this an 8.5, but Tom, Tom and I brought it down to an 8. Yeah. So uh, it was still a strong episode. It was still one I enjoyed very much, but it is. It is what it is. They need to do something better with Tom. Anyway, that's it for me. What you got, buddy? So so a couple of things. Um, on your MVPs, we were a tie this week. I gave the same MVP co-pairing co as you really? did. Yeah, I did. Nice. Um, I mean, it's hard not to. I mean, other actors had some really funny, brief moments. Yes. Uh, you know, Rob Lowe, I mean, just singing horribly <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, with the wrong words on top of uh, you know, off pitch uh, melody that would, you know, make cows shriek. Um, just, just slays me, but, but they're just moments. Right. 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 Um, ben, Ben Adam Scott is consistently, and you could almost argue he just gets MVP alone, but Aubrey did show up again for like the fifth or fourth week in a row. Like I just, April's in a good stretch here for the April. Yes, character. she is. I think they're doing a great job with her yep. character. Um, not that they weren't before, but they're finding good ways to feature her. Yep. Now, if they could just squeeze in a little bit of screen time for Donna, I'd be so much more happy. I know. And, and, and take some away from Tom in this case. <laughs> you know, I, I think a few moments of, Tom gone wrong, if you will, <laughs> right? Despite the the warnings from Anne, could have been funny if it were really brief. And then somehow, like you said, they he turned it around or revealed something that made it a lot more understandable. But I don't know that they ever develop, in, at least in that arc, Tom romantically, uh, certainly with, with Anne um, and really anyone else other than maybe one person that they develop a good storyline for Tom that's believable. 
Right. It's just too much. It's too over the top. Yeah. And, uh, but you're, and you know, like you said, Anne warned him straight up front. Like it was the first words out of her mouth and he did it anyway. Yep. So, you know, in my opinion, they could have had her walk away a lot sooner and then created a third storyline where Donna got some screen time. Yep. I yeah, like it. I, that would have probably gotten it back up to an eight five for me. I found it interesting that you did a teardown because you don't do it very often. No, I don't. I always thought you penalized more in your base score. But but I, I think it's interesting that because it lets you call it out like specifically now. I think that's why I did it like that. Yeah. yeah. I'm okay. That's yeah. good. It's all good. I mean, we make up the rules anyway. It's like, <laughs> who cares? That's true. Right. Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah. Um, again, I don't want to harp on it any more than we already have. No, but go, man. Go. Ian and Tom, really? Yeah. <sighs> like, it's unrealistic on so many levels. So many levels. Like, like, let's say she'd had a really bad, long, cold winter stretch of mm-hmm. dates. No yeah. dates. Then, okay, maybe she might give it a shot. But she hasn't yet, or at least we haven't seen it or felt it. Right. So it feels like she isn't quite desperate enough to go there yet to me. That's I, what made it unbelievable. I would have bought this so much more if Tom had just shown a little more humanity during yeah. their first date in Operation Or surprised Anne. her a little bit. Like, came across in a way that she was like, gosh, maybe there's more to this guy. Right. He didn't do not, any of that. Even, not that he had to win her over, but just something so she would go, okay. Yeah. Let's see. The whole scenes in Operation Anne with them at the restaurant were not long enough for them to even develop that. No. So it seems like they could have done that here. Yeah, I agree. And maybe given us a hint of it there so that we believe it when we saw it here, I guess. But right, right. Yeah. What are you going to do? Um, I did like the A story. I thought it was a good A story. Um, ben, Adam Scott, hilarious. Just the whole cop thing. I mean, uh, you know, we, we got to do something for all the cops of Pawnee. We got to figure <laughs> that out. But, um, you know, and I'm, I'm hearing bad boys in the back of my head. And, well, maybe know. we have to have Ben chased down by the cops. Oh, my God. Yeah. That would be so good. Yeah. Yeah. It, terrified. It, terrified. Yeah. In the same way. I that don't it, have any pot. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was from one of the deleted yeah. scenes, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, why? And he's like, why would you even say that? I don't know. I don't have any. I don't even know why I blurted <laughs> that out. Well, remember the the um, the surveillance scene in uh, season two with Leslie and Tom in the van? That's where we first meet Officer Dave. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're right. That's Dave's first appearance. Yep. And he chases Tom down. Yeah. I think it would have been great callback to have Ben get chased down here. Oh, my gosh. That's about the only way they could have made it better. Very nice. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, maybe maybe there's a hidden scene somewhere will eventually get revealed to us. For me, I came in also at eight Little Sebastians. Mm. I never considered eight and a half here. And um, I think if a couple more things hadn't gone right, I might have given my first sub eight in a long, long time. I'm, I'm the same way. I didn't hate the episode. I didn't either. It had such high points and it was just tarnished yeah. by the stuff that I just really didn't like. I mean... Yes, you could argue there have been a few small spots where yeah. they gave Tom very small moments yeah. of redemption. But think this is how I look at it. Dave freaking handcuffed Ben to a urinal. Now, let's say that he did that 12 episodes in a row. <laughs> and then let's say in episode 13, he goes, I'm sorry. Yeah. Is that redemption really? Like in proportion to what he just did? Yeah. They haven't given Tom nearly enough redemption. That's a good point. So, and, it's a good way to look at it. Yeah. And I think it's funny you say that specifically, too, because I think that's the one thing that really bothers me about the A story is that, it, you know, in real life, you know, IRL, as the kids say, Mark. Mm -hmm. um, Earl. Yeah. 
Earl. Yeah. Uh, he could jail for the way he did. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. And now Ben would have to press charges. And of course, Ben's not going to do that out of deference to Leslie. Right. Um, but, you know, just I don't know. Even that was a bit too much at times. So I, I don't think it rises above the eight, unfortunately, in either I, case. I could barely forgive that. But I think I could from a plot perspective in the sense that. When people are pushed, I can see them having one moment where they kind of snap. Yeah. I don't condone it. It's not good, but I can at least understand it. Sure. Like maybe. But then past that, don't don't continue down that road. Right. Otherwise, I'm not going to like you, Tom. Yeah, I get it, Will Smith. Yeah. So. <laughs> yep. So anyway, eight little Sebastians. Very good. Yeah. That is the right score. It is the right score. Yep. We, we, uh, and we don't compare notes in advance. We do not. So every time I'm like, is this going to be it? Is he going to give it a five and I'm going to come across the table at him? <laughs> nope. We're, we're in sync. Not this week. Nope. Well, we'll see about next week then. <laughs> when we'll be back with season four, episode 16, ironically titled Sweet 16. Sweet 16. Yeah. Yep. So uh, we'll have to figure out what that's all about when we come back. And until then, thank you for listening. Check us out on the web, uh, you know, on the WWWs. Check us out on the socials, you know, the Facebooks, the Twitters, the Instagrams. We occasionally do some things out there and uh, need to do more of it. And I said this once before, Mark, and I was mm. not joking. I think people thought I was kidding. We really want a social media intern. Yes, we do. Now, we can't pay a lot. No, and we by can't. a lot, I mean hardly anything at all, meaning nothing. But here's what we could do for them. A bag of onions. A bag of onions. Yeah. Constantine has said he'll chip in that. Well, thank God. All right. Good. I don't know what Harvey's going to chip in. A bag of crazy, I think. Well, he has too much of that. He's so got yeah, yeah, extra yeah, yeah. crazy, so he's willing to give some of but that. What up. are you? What are we willing to chip in, Alan? You and I. Uh, experience. I know that sounds dumb, but at the same time, you know, I think if somebody wanted to even help us for a month or two, we'd love to have their help. And um, I think it, it might be some good exposure for them. We do have quite a few followers and uh, get their name out there. We could do that for them. I, I think you're right. I mean, all kidding aside, I think this has been a really fascinating experience. I know that you know, prior to doing this, you and I had no experience nope. with doing podcasts. And it's it's <gasps> our listeners are shocked. No, don't don't <laughs> we thought you guys were professionals. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. But uh, no, I, I, I think that there would be someone out there that this would be a really cool experience for. I agree. That's awesome. Hey, Mark, you might remember that earlier in the episode, I mentioned that we got a chance to talk to both Robert B. Whitey, the director of this episode, and actor Eric Pierpoint, who plays Chief Trumple. I thought now would be a good time to play those clips. Awesome. Yeah, let's do that. All right. So first, we will play our clips with Robert B. Whitey, and then we'll come back real quick and introduce Eric briefly and then play those clips for you as well. Awesome. I think this is a first for us, right, Alan? This is the first time we've ever had a chance to have um, double interviews in the same episode. I know. Pretty slow. Pretty awesome. All right. All right. Here we go. What are your memories of that? You know, that the episode that you did, which was uh, Dave Returns. I think the premise of the episode is, you know, basically uh, Leslie's old boyfriend, who's a cop, comes back. She's now with Ben. Ben hates and is nervous around cops. I mean, that's the whole premise of the show. And then, of course, you know, they're trying to write this campaign song all at the same time. You know, so I, you got to work with pretty much the whole cast, I think, in, in retrospect. Yeah, everybody. And it was great. You know, my general comment about it was it was great fun. And um I wish I had gone back and done more of them. Um, I, I wasn't asked to. I don't think it was because anyone had a problem with the show. I just think that they only did maybe one more season after that. And, you know, it was a show that was that was very booked up. 
at that point. I would have loved to have gone back because I just had a great time. The cast was great. You know, I think I, I that was the first um, episode I directed of another show. Again, that either wasn't Curb or something that I'd created or or developed. Um, and I I did have some nervousness about it because I thought, how do you walk into a situation where everybody has their stuff together and they've done this and they work as a unit and they work as a team. And then you walk in and you're the new kid on the block. Like you've just moved into the neighborhood and you're going to like, you know, tell people what to do is don't they stare at you and go, yeah, that's all right. We, we, we know what we're doing. I mean, how do you give, <laughs> how do you give suggestions when, you know, they've all worked together so well over, over the time. And I found that not to be a big deal. And there is a certain degree of, Yes, letting them do what they always do. But I found that when I did make suggestions and, you know, the way they shot that show basically is that you would do, you know, a few takes and make sure you got the script down. And then there was always one for fun where improvisation was encouraged. You'd mix it up a little bit, try different things. So um, there was plenty of that um, and where I would suggest lines and different takes and they would do it. And I found that a lot of that stuff wound up in the show, which was very gratifying. Hmm. Um, so it was just, um, it was fun. And they were all lovely and very inviting and everybody was warm. And it was like working with a little family and everybody got on great. And um, just, you know, a very positive experience. And uh, I've stayed in touch with Aubrey. Aubrey and I remain friendly and and have socialized and had lunch and that sort of thing and and um kind of more of an email relationship with rashida still and jim o'hare i i I actually run into in a few places and he's just a warm lovely guy yeah always very welcoming and and um just very friendly so yeah great great bunch of people it was and it it what it did for me is it i mean i still don't do much episodic outside my own stuff rarely I've only done it a few times, but that experience on Parks and Rec was positive enough where I thought, yeah, I, I should do this. I should loan myself out to other shows every now and then, you know? Yep. Um, I remember, this is very obscure, but there's the thing, oh, where where Dave handcuffs Ben in the bathroom. Yes. <laughs> yep. Uh, to go back to sort of steal Leslie away. And um, so... Dave is confessing his love to Leslie in her phone rooms and she picks it up and it's Ben in the bathroom saying, Dave just handcuffed me to the toilet, you know, and we actually shot uh, Adam's side of that conversation. It wasn't used in the final show. I know this because I just watched it last night to refresh myself for this interview. So we only see Leslie's reaction to him on the phone. Um, But we did shoot uh, Adam's side of it. And I just remember him improvising because the dialogue how to say who is this and then like who do you think or whatever then we shot several takes where where um adam just improvised and i remember one where where um amy said who is this and uh adam said who it it's mickey dolan's of the monkeys (laughs) this made no sense (laughs) it really made me laugh on set and i was kind of hoping that that would get used in the final thing but the whole this whole side of the conversation got cut and that's the other thing that happens with virtually any show is you always you know you shoot the script and you always wind up with a cut that's too long and you always have to cut back so i remember there was quite a bit more in the 
the party that they were having for the police chief, which is sort of the final scene. I know there was a lot more business in that and uh, a lot more dialogue and, and pieces of information that were finally cut. But, you know, when you direct on someone else's show, when you're a guest director, as I was, you're always allowed a certain number of days to do your cut with the editor, mm. you know. And then at the end of the day, your choices can all be thrown out because the EPs, the executive producers come in, in this case, Greg Daniels and Mike Schur, principally Mike, uh, would come in and they do their own cut. So they could take your suggestions or not. You know, I was very happy with what they did. And as I say, a lot of the a lot of the jokes and things that I suggested wound up in the final cut. So it was all just fun. And, and you know, uh, the, again, the great thing about episodic work is you come in, you know, you work for a week, you know, maybe have a couple, you know, a few days of prep and some casting and scouting. And then you come in for a week and you do your job. And then a couple of days in the editing room, that's it. It's kind of quick in, quick out. Okay, well, that was our interview clip with Robert B. Whitey. And uh, here's a few minutes of our discussion with Eric Pierpoint. Enjoy. Eric, thanks again for joining us today. We really do appreciate it. And uh, as I mentioned, you know, we're covering season four, episode 15, which is Dave Returns this week, and uh, which was sadly your your last appearance as Chief Trumpel. Um, what do you remember about that episode? I retired. Uh, <laughs> I w- Okay, you, you got me at a season where I was given a heart attack on Heart of Dixie. Uh, I was set on fire in Workaholics. <laughs> I'm retired on Parks and Recreation. Wow. <laughs> so you tell me how the year went. <laughs> but I was, you know what? I, I love Parks and Recreation. Uh, it was such a fun place to work uh, with all these people. I mean, such talent. It's too bad none of them worked out in the long run, right? Uh, <laughs> Haven't heard from them since. <laughs> you'd never hear the names again, right? No, no, not at all. But I'm happy to go on any show and retire off of that one. So, you know, whatever is the future, who knows? I don't know. <laughs> That's great. But I read the script and um, I got to that part where it said a retirement party. And I thought, uh, uh, here we go. Um, <laughs> at the time, I was on stage doing uh, The Lion in Winter in Santa Barbara. Nice. And I mean, Parks was so great because they let me go and shoot a scene and then go back and perform and then come back the next day. And it was a you know, 100 miles away, but they were really cool about it. And, um, you know, I had, of course, had grown a beard for the play, but they said, well, that works into your retirement. So that's not a problem. So anyway, it ended up, and it's kind of, I suppose it's like the soap opera world where uh, you read the script and you find out that you're dead because your head hit <laughs> a coffee table. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but I just watched that episode recently. And I got such a kick out of it. The whole musical thing going on and yeah. that guy who came in to take my part away from me, Louis C.K. I mean, what is that? <laughs> Come on. You couldn't stay where you were and do something else and let me just kind of hang with it for a while? Right. No, right? No. Yeah. <laughs> stay in San Diego. Yeah. <laughs> my buddy Dave. <laughs> 
Yeah. You know, one of the staples, I think, of, of your relationship as chief is, you know, with Leslie, of course, who it appears that you do like. And then, you know, there's also then the calzone loving uh, Ben Wyatt, who um, maybe you mostly yeah, Adam, tolerated. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, uh, Adam was, <laughs> who's also afraid of the police. Oh, terrified. <laughs> oh, yeah. You have to throw that in there, too. But I just thought he was ridiculous. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, calzones, what is that? Right. Pizza's fine. Why, not? Why are you calzone boy? Amen. <laughs> <laughs> and, and one of the classic lines that Chief Trumple had, of course, is, you know, what are you, a pervert? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, this thing called Cameo that's out there. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, actors get to do a little uh, video and uh, they want to hire Chief Trumple to call their son a pervert or something like that. Nice. <laughs> because he wasn't doing his homework. <laughs> <laughs> that's excellent. I, We'll we'll have to post a link to your uh, your cameo site then. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we actually were able to discover or get a chance to talk to a couple of the other guest stars through cameo. I didn't realize for whatever reason you were on there. That's terrific, though. I can definitely see people enjoying uh, having you do that portrayal for them for sure. Well, I haven't done a ton of them, uh, but as uh, usually, I'm either as an alien. Oh yeah, sure. Uh, oh, yeah, from Alienation or Star Trek or whatever. They, you know, um, I played. A lot of aliens in my career, <laughs> all fun, um, or cheap trouble. And, um, you know, it's just trying to get people from, uh, keep them from urinating all over the place outside of the picnics or, you know, family <laughs> gatherings and things like that. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Well, that was a lot of interview clips, Mark, but uh, that was really awesome that we got a chance to talk to both, you know, one of the guest actors in this show and the director uh, in the same episode. That was very, very cool. You know, I, I like talking to both of them and they both had very different styles. But uh, as we've talked about, we've been very lucky in the the number and the quality of interviews that we've managed to snag. Yeah, absolutely. Um, kudos to our booking agent, whoever that is. Amen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, you're right. Bo both of them had very interesting perspectives, different perspectives for sure, and both have very interesting careers that are worth looking into a little more. Uh, and toward that end, I think what we might do if we get a chance is we might play both of those interviews in full and separate spotlight episodes coming up here in a few weeks. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, me too. And uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to do that. All right. Well, I think that about does it for this week. And uh, we're looking forward to being back next week. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Live from Pawnee is a copyrighted production of the creators. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Original music was created and performed by Aaron Emerson of Emerson Studios. Clips are used under fair use doctrine for the purpose of commentary and parody. Please see our website at livefrompawnee.com for more details or to contact us. Stuff it and mount it to your heart.